is Eddie. And this is Miguel. And you're listening to the Guy Life Culture Podcast. Yes, welcome back to another episode of the God Life Culture Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are grateful that you have chosen to listen to this podcast. If you are not subscribed already, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you can get notified every time we drop an episode. And thank you to all of the new listeners that are tuning in, that are listening. Um, we thank you for taking this journey with us. How are yeah. you doing? Ah, uh, that's a, that's yeah. a, that's loaded a question. Loaded question. <laughs> um, I think the first thing that we should do is uh, start off today's episode um, by. I guess like you mentioned it, like saying a disclaimer. Yeah. In a way, um, you know, today we'll be speaking about stuff that we have spoken about previously, um, but that uh, is very, very, very prominent in what's happening in the nation uh, right now. Um, you know, we have the issue, um, you know, the situation with George Floyd. You know, we spoke about um, Amar Aubrey uh, in our last podcast episode. You know, we have incidents like Breonna Taylor. Um, and, you know, I think it's quite evident. We said it before, you know, we're both two Latinos, two yeah. uh, technically Puerto Rican um, uh, individuals who serve the God, who serve God um, and the Lord. Uh, but we're also in understanding that we are part of the group that is considered to be a minority. Yeah. Um, we have brothers and sisters, uh, friends and family that are black. Um, we have friends and family that present black, meaning that although they are technically Latino because of their roots, whether it be uh, their Taino roots or their Afro-Latino roots and stuff like that, they present as black. And we also have experiences um, of, you know, prejudices and racist things that have happened against us as well so as we talk um, and we speak about our opinions and what we feel on everything that's been going on in the world you know we just wanted to make it very clear although we're not you know physically quote-unquote evidently black you know uh, we have been around the experience we have shared experiences and you know we join in everything that is going on uh, because it is, in my opinion, in your opinion, you know, uh, maybe different. It is our duty to not keep silent about what is going on. There's this, uh, there's this meme uh, or this picture, not a meme, uh, that's going around where it's showing uh, Latinos protesting and it says... Um, uh, Latinos for black lives and stuff like that. And I think that that's really cool. Um, and I think that they, it's important to show unity in a yeah. time like this. And it's not just because they're black, uh, but, you know, at the moment, this is the hot button issue. Yeah. And I think it's also important to uh, talk about the fact that a lot of people may be scared to speak up on these issues because yes. they're not black or uh, they may be considered a minority, but they're not black. So they don't know how to address the issue, how to talk about it, if they'll be heard. Um, I think this is something that should be spoken about, mm -hmm. you know, that should be addressed. And um, that fear of what people may say or just being misconstrued and, and misinterpreted, right? Um, I feel like in this case really needs to go out the window. And yeah. it's something that uh, we need to talk more about, especially as believers, mm -hmm. as Christians, um, you know, in the church. I think this is the time where we address these issues. We talk about these issues and we give our perspective and our thoughts um, as believers. I think it's especially needed in this time. 
Yeah, you know, and it's it's uh, like you said in the beginning, it's a heavy, it's a loaded question. There's a lot that's going on. I'm pretty sure, you know, it is close to impossible that you're not aware of what's going on. Yeah. You know, the news outlets and social media have been covering um, an extensivity um, all the uh, protests that have been going on, the riots, the incidents uh, that kind of... Uh, began this whole situation uh which really isn't the only thing that began but we do or at least i do understand that it is a um it's like the straw that broke the, the donkey's back you know it's a lot of different situations a lot of instances years and years worth of situations of un- injustices being done um people being murdered uh being killed uh people being brutally attacked because of you know whether it is um, outright racism or whether it is because of subversive racism where, you know, like, it's like I think about the incident where in Central Park in New York, there was an incident where a man of color, a black man, uh, was walking in the park and saw that this white lady had her dog not leashed. Yeah, and his name was the- uh, Christian Cooper. Yes, and there's, you know, signs up that say, hey, you know, you're supposed to have... Anywhere you go in public, you're supposed to have your dog on a leash. And he asked her to leash her dog. And she went into this whole crazy situation. You know, she threatened him that she was going to call 911. She actually did call 911 and told 911, I'm being attacked by a black man. Please send help. And it's the craziness of understanding that there are people out there that are intentionally doing what's wrong intentionally because she was someone who told him hey i'm gonna call the cops on you i'm gonna say you're attacking me when he wasn't he was just recording her because he knew he needed the proof and evidence and he just asked her hey leash your dog um and then she goes on and acts on it she acts on it police never show up anyways but now she loses her job she gets the dog taken away because she looked like she almost strangled him (laughs) it's like a hot mess or whatever but then Oh, I am sorry. I didn't really mean it, you know, and it's difficult because I think as as an individual, I want to say lies. Mm-hmm. You knew what you were doing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's there are examples of people doing things where outrightly it wasn't they they consciously knew they were being racist or they consciously knew they were being prejudiced. But in that situation, that was as clear as day. Yeah. And to me, it's it's sad when you can notice or when you can tell that the individual is using, um, you know, their color yes, and also what they know of the other person of color, yes. right? What they know of what could happen as a weapon. Yes. You know, so it's, it's something that's sad when, you know, she's saying, I'm going to call the police and say you're attacking me because she knows mm-hmm. that when the police get here, when they look at him and look at me, they're going to take my side yep. and believe my story yep. because of everything that has happened in the past and everything because that is of privilege. currently going That's on. That's what it is. Because of privilege. Yeah. So she uses that as a weapon against mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. And it's something that's completely unfair, yes. right? Um, it's something that that event could have ended horrifically. It could have yes. ended in death the mm-hmm. way a lot of these other events um, have been ending, right? Mm-hmm. In death. Um, so it's something that Thank God it didn't escalate and thank God it didn't end in that way, you know, because that would have been just another life taken um, right now. And I think that with everything just happening, you know, it's been a buildup. Like Mm -hmm. you said, this has been it's nothing new. 
it's nothing um, that's happening just recently. Yes. I just think that in the last few weeks with everything else going on with the pandemic, people being on edge, being nervous, extra, you know, anxiety in the air. It just seems like all of these issues are now it's piling up yes. one on top of the other. I mean, we just had a podcast about two weeks ago talking yeah. about Ahmad yeah. and all of those issues and everything surrounding that. And then just fast forward till now. Mm-hmm. Right. It's insane. Everything that's going on with the riots, the protesting, the violence, you know, um, and all of these issues that are happening. It's 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 not cool. No. And it's and it's not new. Yesterday, you posted on our Instagram page the memory of when we were speaking about Colin Kaepernick. You know, we've been speaking about this on the podcast from the beginning but this is something that's been going on for years and the crazy thing is that now with technology it's like we have the proof to show yeah. hey things are, it's it's crazy out there yeah. you know we're back in maybe the 90s and years before you know we didn't have camera phones that videotaped everything and we didn't have the technology and there were video surveillance videos that sometimes will capture it but then sometimes there was surveillance video that were docked or they were modified or they were thrown out so people couldn't see what really happened and one thing we do have is magazine covers from that time and also newspaper covers and headlines yes Um, yes, i recently saw a post of someone who compared um a magazine cover from Mm -hmm. the 90s to Mm -hmm. today and it or like the 80s and it was very similar protests that were happening yes so it's something that is not new i was listening to a podcast um you know she's a white woman and she was interviewing a black uh man he was a pastor and you know her whole point of this interview was just racial conciliation and kind of just um you know coming together and how as christians we should address these issues in our churches in our communities and um she asked him she said when you heard of ahmad when you heard of you know everything that happened surrounding his story what did you feel and you know, he said the same thing. He said, honestly, it's not new to me. Mm-hmm. It's a feeling I'm very familiar with. And he's like, that's when you know it's a problem yes. when you're numb to hearing about something, yes. you know, and he wasn't making light of the situation. He wasn't saying it, what it was. It wasn't a big deal. But what he was saying was, you know, it's unfortunately, this is something that happens often. Mm-hmm. And it's a grief. It's a sadness that people, especially people of color, are familiar with. Yes. And it, there comes a point where you become numb mm-hmm. to hearing these news and hearing these headlines where you don't even know how to respond. And he said that for a few days, he didn't know how to react or respond to it. Yeah. You know, his wife is black. He has, you know, children as well, young children. And he said, you know, he didn't know how to address these issues because it, you know, it just keeps happening. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, it's important to just start with that foundation that everything we see, this isn't new. Mm-hmm. You know, I just think that now um, people are extremely angry, yes. tired, outraged exhausted where it's and especially with just everything surrounding this specific time period Mm -hmm. you know with what's happening i think people are really responding in a way that in the last few years we haven't seen I mean, well, the reality of the situation is that we have, you know, we saw it on Little Rock when uh, the Native Americans and other people joined them to protest against the pipeline that was going through. And these were people that were peacefully protesting. And, you know, the police came with these smoke bombs and rubber bullets and all this other stuff uh, to disrupt them. We saw this as well um, uh, right now when, you know, we had the whole situation with George Floyd as well, you know peaceful protesting and then because of certain individuals things get out of hand and you have you know i saw this video um that happened yesterday where they was doing protesting in new york city and a cop 
uh, cop car plowed through people that were behind the barrier. And, you know, this morning in the news, they were saying that, oh, it's being investigated and the cop did that because there was something on fire on top of his hood or something like that or whatever, you know. But the point is, uh, my biggest thing is optics. You know what? We can't tell for some people what if the intent behind it was racially charged. I can't tell you for a fact that the guy that had his knee on George Floyd's neck was purposely doing it because of race. But optically, that's what it looked like. Yeah. Optically, because of the way that the police department handled it, that's what it looked like. And that we are such in a, um, we have been, not that we are just now, but we have been in such a social um, and cultural tension that it is, it's the same thing that happened with Ahmad Aubrey, where, you know, why did it have to take months of people making this video go viral for then something to happen. The optics. It looks like that they didn't care because it was a white person or white people that shot down this black man, right? So optically, it looks racist. Optically, it looks wrong, and that's the issue. So you can say up and down, you're not a racist, or you can't, it's like there's someone on um, on social media who's been like, uh, being a trooper for the cops and all these other people about, oh, you don't know if he was racist, you don't know his heart, you don't know his intent. I get that, you know, but optically it looks a certain way. And then especially when you have it coming from the top, when you have homeboy in the off in the in the White House, you know, as the president saying things that is just like, come on, you yeah. know what you're doing. And if you don't know what you're doing, then I thought you had a staff of people that are supposed to be there with you. You know, when everything happened, uh, when everything started to happen uh, with the George uh, Floyd protest, um, you know, Trump sent out a tweet and part of his tweet said that once the looting starts, the shooting starts. You know, A, crazy. You know, number one. Number two, the ignorance behind just posting that for face value but number two not taking not not it's like you don't understand or supposedly because then he, he goes out and says that he apologizes because he didn't he didn't realize that that was a racial term that came from another civil rights era or whatever where the person that said that originally was an outright racist so it's kind of like oh you you didn't know what you were doing and it's you have to un it, what frustrates me and i don't like to speak about politics too much on this podcast because i don't like to alienate people and everybody has their own preferences and stuff but at the end of the day you call it what it is and yeah. what it is is inciting division what it is is put it you know he speaks about on friday there was this incident where they had to put um secret they put the white house on lockdown uh because there were uh things that were happening uh protests that were happening in atlanta and then after the whole situation happened which were really nothing nothing really happened you know trump goes on twitter and he says the following he says great job last night at the white house by the u.s secret service they were not only totally professional but very cool i was inside watched every move and couldn't have felt more safe they let the quote-unquote protesters scream and rant as much as they wanted but whenever someone got too frisky or out of line they would quickly come down on and they would quickly come down on them hard didn't know they didn't know what hit them is what he meant to say the front line was replaced with a fresh agents like magic big crowd professional organized but nobody came close to breaching the fence if they would have they would have been greeted with the most vicious dogs most ominous weapons i have ever seen i'm like come on dude secret yeah. service but okay that's when people would have been really badly hurt at least many secret service agents just waiting for action we put the young ones on the front line Sir, they love it and good practice. I have a big issue 
right. with that. They put the young ones in the front line. Good practice. Practice for what? What are you trying to say? You're trying to say that you are lifting, you are creating a militia, you're creating a group of people that are now going out there and it's like they're playing Call of Duty and they're having practice, shooting up people, shooting up protesters, coming down on them vicious with these ominous weapons you quote unquote have. Like to me, that is uh, that is divisive speech. Yeah. That is not what I believe a leader of a nation should be saying. That is that is those are not the words that you should be using when you're trying, in my opinion, what you should be trying is to have everyone calm down, to bring peace, to bring unity, to bring clarity. What you're doing is agitating the waters. Yeah, and it's unfortunate, like you say, because it comes from the top, a leader that people look up to or someone that, you know, people that, uh, you know, look to him for a solution or for an answer, or kind of like to give, you know, and address the climate and the atmosphere that we're living in. And as opposed to, like you said, bringing peace, he's now bringing division and bringing a spirit of fear and just inciting, you know, this this um, atmosphere of conflict. And it's something that will not bring change it will not bring a solution instead it actually just fuels the fire and continues this this issue and it just keeps going you know and i think that um especially with everything that's happening you know right now it's important to have leaders speak up it's important to have leaders and you know leaders that are believers speak up and share their opinions perspective and encourage the people and the people of God in how to handle these situations you know we were talking off um, air the fact that you know we understand that although this is a physical situation that's yes. happening you know the riots the protests we understand it's you know a result of pain a result of hurt a result of you know anguish and grief and years of problems and issues not being addressed correctly we understand that we understand that it's a physical thing where buildings are being burned cars are being destroyed you know stores are being broken into you know um in the midst of all of these things that are happening peaceful protests that are happening are being disrupted right and where it's not so peaceful anymore we understand that all of this is happening in the physical yet there is a big element that is happening in the spiritual realm yes. and we understand as believers we're speaking from a perspective from you know as a christian from you know as believers we understand that there is a spiritual side to everything yes. that is happening and spiritual warfare can only be really fought spiritually yes now that is not to say that there aren't physical actions that we can take and physical things that we can do there are ways that the church can influence policy change mm -hmm. there are ways the church can educate educate their members and educate their people, their young people, and, you know, have these tough conversations that can be tough to have sometimes, but there is also a spiritual element to this, Yes, you know, and um, just this morning, someone was commenting on this saying that, you know, it's not fight against flesh and blood. Mm -hmm. Although when you scroll on Twitter, when you scroll on Instagram and Facebook, that's what you see, Yes, right? It's, it, you see the violence and you see the rioting and you see everything that is happening right now it's easy to just focus on the physical and forget that there is a spiritual element to all of this. And um, I think this is a conversation that um, churches should be having. And it's something that a lot of people are uncomfortable with as believers, where I'll hear, hear often, um, you know, church and politics don't mix. Or mm -hmm. we'll hear, you know, many people say, well, I don't like getting into politics or, uh, you know, politics is not my thing. Or, you know, and as a Christian, it should be your thing. As yes. a Christian, it's something that, you know, should 
should be addressed and people should be talking about. So I guess, you know, the question in all of this, we see everything that's happening. You know, what is the role of the church? How do we address these issues? How do we talk about it? What's our stance? You know, we understand the pain and the rage and the anger, right? So is you know is is it okay for these protests to take place you know what uh what's the role you know who do we support who do we you know back up right Mm -hmm. um when i think of my church i i look at how diverse you know when we look at the color of people's skin you know we have people in our church who are black we Mm -hmm. have people in our church who are hispanic latino that look black right Mm -hmm. we have many different people you know from different walks of life in our church that um I can't imagine them being caught in a situation like this. But the unfortunate reality and truth is that, you know, it can happen because of the world and time that we're living in. So as a church, as believers, you know, how do we respond? Mm -hmm. You know, and I was giving, uh, I was giving the English class via Zoom today um, and we're speaking about a lot of things. We spoke about the restorative power of God, and then we also got into this subject as well. And you know, I, I spoke a little bit about how, as a Latino, as a husband, you know, as a father, it is, and as a Christian, it is diff, it is a fine line that you have to walk on. Because as a Christian, you know, I have to teach my kids about unity. I have to teach my kids about you know loving everyone. I have to teach my kids about forgiveness and all this great stuff um, that we preach about and that we should practice because these are things that Jesus did. But I also have to teach my kids because of the way that they look to not be naive. I also have to teach my kids that because of the way that they look and because of their heritage and because of the way that they're mom looks the way that their dad looks that you there's a way that you have to carry yourself there is a social awareness that you have to have in understanding that not everybody has your best interest you have to understand that you walk into a place and because of the way you look people are already you know stereotyping you and discriminating you and all this other stuff and it's difficult it's very difficult and it's a balance you know how do you explain that to a child you know, how do you explain to, uh, uh, to to the children what's going on in this on this earth without sounding too one sided? You know, because as a Christian, I think it's our responsibility to educate them, but also try your best for them to hold down to those Christian values about not judging people and not because in the same way that you don't want to be judged, you also don't want to judge people by walking into a room um, or a place. But it is a worry. You know, I think about yesterday we went to take my son to the doctor um, and then after the doctor's appointment, we went to go grab something at a store um, and my wife walked in and the neighborhood that we were we were in because the doctor office moved uh, was predominantly white she walked into the store it was only white people in there i'm in the car and i'm like lord jesus just protect her you know because she is of darker skin and god forbid somebody makes one comment or god forbid somebody say something whether intentionally or not intentionally being slick i'm like i'm about to have to jump out this car or something like yeah. that you know but it's the truth Unfortunately, you know, we have to do that. But part of it, part of our role, there's many things like you were saying that as Christians, we have to do. But part of it is understanding, like you were speaking before, that what we're seeing right now on social media and in the news and in our neighborhoods and all this craziness is the physical manifestation of what's happening spiritually. Spiritually, there's a war that's going on spiritually. You know, the enemy and, you know, his demons are manipulating the situations to look a certain way. And right now, this is where we have have to come arm in arms in unity to pray 
This is where we come in arms in arms and, you know, ask God to restore, ask God to change, ask God to heal, ask God to step into the situation, you know, because we preach a God who is all powerful. We preach uh, a, a God that for nothing for him is impossible, that he's a just God. So let's provoke that aspect of God to jump into the situation and to, to globally shift the atmosphere of what's going on. I believe that he can do it today yeah. at the end of class, you know, because it, uh, today it's also Pentecost Sunday. You know, we were speaking about you know the day of pentecost and how holy spirit descended and you know the bible speaks about the people that were speaking different tongues and all this crazy stuff um that is awesome you know but in that process in that moment there were people that were restored there were people that were angry that god gave them joy there was people that were hurt that god healed emotionally mentally you know all this crazy uh, i say crazy but it's really powerful things that happen god can still do that today for all the people that are angry for all the people that are struggling for all the people that are depressed for all the people that are going through all these different emotions those are things that god can heal those are things that god can restore for the people that are doing the violence uh the violences for the people that are acting or reacting out of racism or out of uh, stereotype or just have a heart that unfortunately has been filled by evil and sin, they also have the opportunity to be confronted by the restoring power of God and yeah. be changed and transformed. You know, somebody brought up a perfect example. You know, Saul. Saul was a persecutor in the Bible. He was someone that went around killing Christians and was proud of it. And, you know, people feared who he was until he came face to face with the power of God. And then all of a sudden he was changed and he was transformed. And now he had to go back out there and preach to the people that he was uh, persecuting, you know? So if God did it back then and he's done it and he's done it before, I know he can still do it now where he can shift the, the atmosphere. He can change the narrative. He can do crazy things that people aren't expecting to do, but it is important that as a church, we unite in prayer and ask God, Yo, God, I need you to step in and do your thing. And also understanding that to bring about the change, God uses people. Yes. Right? So this is definitely a heart issue. And it's something that we've addressed so many times on this podcast where, it, you know, it starts in your heart. When you fix your heart and your heart issues, you know, we're born into a world of sin immediately, you know, where there are so many things that constantly try to penetrate our hearts and get in, whether it's evil, hatred, anger resentment bitterness where we have to fight those things every day we have to fight those things from really entering yes. and i believe you know uh dr uh tony evans he's anthony evans dad posted on his instagram um you know a, a three pictures and it was a picture of a heart and he said fix it here the second picture was a picture of a church and he said address it here yes. and then the third image was a picture of a globe and he said change here yeah so it's the idea that it starts with us mm -hmm. as individuals mm -hmm. having that relationship with God, right? Having that just encounter with God that allows him to change and restore us. Yeah. You know, it allows, you know, it gives God the opportunity to clean us. Yes. You know, there are Christians out there who have, you know, issues with racism yeah. and have struggles with that and yeah. have beliefs that aren't cool. Yep. Right. And it's like, you know, all of that needs to be cleansed. Mm -hmm. Aside from that, we all have a sin problem. We yep. all have a struggle. We yep. all have a thorn in our flesh that needs to be fixed. That's fixing our heart, right? Then addressing it in church. How do we address these issues? Having these conversations, you know, whether it's, you know, through prayer, whether it's in, like you said this morning, through our Sunday school classes, through our youth groups, are we having the conversations understanding that the church has a big role to play in this? Yep. Understanding that as people, as 
as believers, God wants to use us to also heal the land and heal. And how does that start? That starts within our communities. What yep. role is our church playing in our community? Yes. Are people seeing a Hispanic Latino church community that is diverse, where we have people that are very light skin all the way to very dark skin? Are they seeing people like that out in the streets giving out food, yep. opening up food pantries? Yep. You know, our food pantry last week, I came here, you know, to, to help out and the line mm -hmm. was all the way down our block of where our yep. church is past the light i mean people of diverse di you know diverse people coming in here from yep. all types of backgrounds and you know i'm looking at the people serving mm -hmm. the food mm -hmm. they're all people of dark skin complexion yep. you know and it's just it was amazing to see that a church can kind of, you know, breed this type of ministry and birth this type of ministry where people from all walks and types of life are, are coming here yes. for, for help and refuge or we can pray. Yes. And that, that right there is how it starts. Yes. That's how we start changing people's perspective and mentality. Yep. But again, it has to start with our heart first. And I think have it, you, you know, truly encountered God in your heart in yes. order to bring out change, you know, outwardly. Yeah. And it's the partnership because if you yeah. speak specifically of the food pantry like in our church or whatever you know they are physically doing something that can be considered community service or community work or whatever but those ladies shout out to elizabeth and elena and everybody that helps them when they do um they know what it is to be sensitive to the voice of god and when god says hey you need to go pray for that person and they go up to them and ask them if they they i, I was speaking to them uh, last week as well and they were saying nobody has ever rejected a prayer yeah you know anytime that they offer and they feel from god to pray for somebody they'll ask hey is it okay if we pray for you and every single person has said yes dude i was here on tuesday and there were so many people that they were kind of putting the boxes out and yeah you know certain people had received their boxes of food and they stood standing there. Yeah. So we would ask like, is everything okay? And they said, yeah, we just were waiting for our prayer. <laughs> yeah. Like they already know yeah, yeah, the drill. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, but, I mean, we got the food, but you know, we need the prayer. Yep. So again, it's, it's not just attending the physical need, yes. you know, because what's the point of giving food to someone yes. and addressing their physical need and not changing their heart yep. or impacting their spirit? Yes. You know, at the end of the day, as believers, as the church, you know what I'm saying? What's the point of doing what we do to just fix a need in the moment mm -hmm. if we're not, you know, addressing or satisfying an eternal need? Yes. You know what I'm saying? and it's something that you know even in the context of this conversation you know the riots and mm -hmm. the protests you know we understand it mm -hmm. we get it you know what i'm saying and for those who are doing it peacefully yeah. and are getting their point across shout out to you that's yeah. great keep it up but then you know when we see just the violence and we mm -hmm. see the rage and the anger and we see you know just the cursing and everything that is happening you know where it seems as if it's more of a destructive thing as opposed to a constructive you know um uh, tool you know it's like what's what does that bring about you know i was listening to lecrae who's you know a black a christian rapper tadashi you know people of color and they were saying that you know they were encouraging the people to let their voice be heard but be constructive you know anger and rage and destroying property and things like that they were saying in their words they were saying it's destructive and mm -hmm. anytime we enter a destructive kind of uh you know way of doing things it never really brings about peace mm -hmm. so it's how do we take our anger how do we take our rage how do we take our feelings and emotions and become constructive with it how do we you know bring solutions to the table yes. you know but at the same time i think like everyone we're also torn because we understand yeah. that this has been 
years and years and years in the making. So as a body of believers, you know, are we equipping our people to be constructive, not only with the issue of race right now, but just across the board? Yeah. You know, this is something that we can look at and also, you know, apply it to other areas of our lives. You know, are we being constructive? You know, and I also want to applaud the people that have been going out there in the middle of the protest and have been preaching, have been leading prayer chains, have been sharing, you know, Christ and the gospel. And, you know, it's like we've been saying, you know, part of this is physical. It's about making a change physically, going out there, making sure your voice is heard or whatever. But there's also this whole spiritual aspect of it that needs to be addressed as well. The anger, the hurt, those are all feelings that are real and that most of the time you can't even blame them for, for them feeling yeah. that way. Yeah. But the one who restores that, the one that would change all those negative feelings and bring them joy and bring them peace and bring them all this, you know, things that are much needed in this world is God. You know, so are you allowing yourself to be a channel, an avenue, a tool that is going out there, whether it is physically or, you know, through social media or through whatever, to try to bring this message to the people that need it? You know, and it's a combination of both. You know, you can't. uh, Unfortunately, you cannot just be someone or the people of God cannot be people that are just behind closed doors, quote unquote, praying. Right. You know, praying is part of it. There's a lot more that needs to be done as well. Right. You know, your voice holds weight. You know, we were in class today and we were making this this prayer, you know, for the things that are happening around um, the nation. And I was saying, it's not, it's not hundreds of us in this class right now, but the Bible says that where there's two or three in his name, you know, so it's like, you think that, oh, I'm just one small little voice. No. Because you are a voice that is going to join to another voice, that's going to join to another voice, you know, and it's drops of water, you know, that as they keep accumulating, accumulating until it overflows. And that's what we are at this moment. You know, I call that as Christians, as believers, that we join together in not only prayer, but in also making sure that we are allowing ourselves to be opportunities for people to find joy through Christ, to find peace through Christ, to find love through Christ. Because at the end of the day, he is the one that can make the big difference. And it's also not just doing this or having this mentality in moments like this. Yes. This happens in your everyday life, you know, and we're speaking, I guess our audience at this point, you know, are, you know, is the church, you know, where it's in your everyday ministry, how are you addressing you know, the issue of racism or um, how are you addressing the issue of diversity? How are you ensuring that the people you reach are diverse? You know, a lot of our churches are located in communities where we should know the community. We should know the people we serve. Our church right now is located in a predominantly white community. You know what I'm saying? And we know that, you know, we know that. And it's funny because a lot of, you know, whether it's the food pantry or when we do certain, you know, drives or things, you know, school supply drives, mm-hmm. we get people outside of our community coming here. Yeah. Right. But at the same time, we'll get people within our community coming to donate or to drop items yes. off. Yep. Just this past week within the food pantry, yes, yes. there were people who came to drop off food and they specifically say, yeah, I live up the road and I always see you guys and I just drop this off. This yep. is from, you know, so again, 
it's the idea of there's an action, there's a change that is being seen. Yes. So now it moves people. You know what I'm saying? It moves our white brothers and sisters in our community to see, wow, there's a Hispanic Latino church mm -hmm. that is actually making a difference. Yes. You know the statement that that's made when our community sees a line of cars that extends all the way down the block of our church. Yep. Do you know what a statement that makes, right? What statement? That's a statement of change, of love. You know, we're we're serving, we're yes. we're being a follower of Christ, a true follower of Christ. Again, how as the church can you make that statement mm -hmm. within your community, within your church, on a daily basis, where it's not an add-on? Because I think sometimes you know it can be like we just oh we have to incorporate this because you know we have to be diverse or we have huh. to do this because we have these right. But how can you be intentional about mm. what you do where it doesn't seem fake, it doesn't seem rehearsed? It doesn't seem like, well, we have to do this because we have to address it, right? But it's intentional, you know, where it's flawlessly kind of incorporated into your church and into the lives of the people where we have youth groups that, you know, automatically have that sense of, you know what, you're my brother, you're my sister, regardless of your skin color, yes. regardless of what you look like, you know, regardless of your disability, regardless mm -hmm. of your economic status, you yeah. know, regardless of wh what your physical appearance may be, you're my brother, you're my sister, you know? And I think once we begin shifting kind of our perspective and mindset to this is an everyday thing this is yes. a lifestyle because jesus incorporated this lifestyle jesus wasn't only kind of doing this you know once a month thing or anytime there was an issue he would speak on it throughout the bible you see he always fought you know for those that needed to be defended you know where he went he would be on his way somewhere and his journey would be interrupted and he would go and and meet someone this was the you know this is the god that we proclaim we serve mm -hmm. you know and in times like this believe it or not i do believe that people who are hurt who are going through this they look to the church for a response yeah and unfortunately most churches and most people are silent yep. because getting into these issues is complicated and getting yep. into these issues, you open up yourself to be kind of, you know, uh, misinterpreted or misconstrued or a target, or you didn't say it right, or this, that, and the third, when in reality, they, they want to hear our voice. Yeah. And it's important for us to to be that voice and be careful with the things we say. Yes. You know, um, we understand some of the protests and riots that are happening. Like we said earlier, some of them are peaceful. They're getting their point across. Others seem to be interrupted by, you know, different groups of people. There's violence. There's videos that we've seen, you know, where a lot of their actions, yes, they're hurt. Yes, they're in pain, but it's still inexcusable, mm -hmm. right? There's still a level of respect, a level of honor, a level of, you know, morality that needs to be kept, right? Um, but again, as believers, we don't, you know, proclaim and we should not be shouting out and declaring that those people, you know, deserve consequences or deserve to be punished or deserve this or deserve condemnation or this is what happens when you're in sin and this is what happens you know we just have to be careful with our verbiage when it comes to addressing you know these people and these issues you know and i think yeah. you know it's it's a tricky situation and this is why it's important to cover everybody in prayer because 
you know, there are I've seen incidences where uh, the people were protesting peacefully, but were provoked either by another group of people yeah. or by law enforcement themselves. And, you know, it's not always the people that are protesting that start yeah. the quote unquote riots. Yeah. Sometimes it started by outside forces or it started by, you know, the police department and then gets everybody riled up. And then mob mentality is a crazy thing where you go there thinking that you would never, you know, jump on top of a car and start flipping things or whatever. But because of everything that's happening and you're in it and you're living it or whatever, you go into like this, you know, survival mode. And, you know, it is crazy. And that's why it's important. The fault. Uh, my uh, my opinion does not solely fall on the protesters. Yeah, you know it falls on everyone that played a pivotal role in why things happened the way that they happened. Goes from law enforcement, goes from the protesters, and go from the to the people that purposely went there to instigate stuff. You yeah. know, and it's crazy, and it's also it's dangerous. And this goes back to what I've been saying: it's the physical manifestation of things that are happening spiritually. The enemy is using scenarios like this, moments like this, to incite division, to to flame you know hate and division and all that crazy stuff or whatever and that is why even more it is now important that we fight this fight and make a difference so the call to action is exactly that as a church how can you make a difference you know start praying start getting right now a lot of churches are still closed they're doing online stuff you know have a prayer night online address these issues online address it with the youth you know just ensure that that you know you cover kind of our nation right now in prayer um you know if you feel like you don't know what to do and feel like you don't have enough education on this or whatever start researching start digging into these things um but right now prayer is you know um, kind of like that healing uh, force that we need right now. So definitely that's our call to action. Keep all of this in prayer. And if it's something you haven't been praying about, start. So again, thank you for tuning in. You could follow us on all our social media at God Life Culture Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and, um, you know, so you can be notified when we drop a new episode. So thank you for listening to the God Life Culture Podcast. That's God, God Life, Life Culture. Culture. Until next time. See ya. Bye.